Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? It's just a thundering Thursday, and I'm doing well, Dan. Like that haircut, looking sharp. Well, Look what do you think? I tighten me up. You see, yeah. everybody thinks that's a bald spot. That's actually white hair. That is uh-huh. not a bald spot on the right side of my head there. <laughs> so yeah, my uh, barber there, Robert, my good friend, tightened me right up. <laughs> so like that, you know, I don't want to look sloppy for the YouTube show here, folks. Hey, uh, thanks again for spreading around yesterday's show. The <laughs> yeah, numbers baby. were absolutely insane. Oh, we deeply appreciate it. So we have to continue some of that today. I have some more cuts, as I promised you from yesterday, that are really good. Don't miss them. Let's get right to it. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Stamps. Stamps.com. Stamps.com. We use Stamps.com. We'll be lost without it. Me and Paula have to mail a ton of stuff, and we just don't have the time to wait on a lot of lines and deal with the administrative hassles. Stamps.com. Stamps.com is the way to go. No one has time to go to the post office. You're busy. Who's got the time for the traffic, the parking problems, lugging all your mail and packages? Listen, it's a real hassle. We know it. That's why you need Stamps.com, one of the most popular time-saving tools for small businesses. Stamps.com eliminates trips to the post office and saves you money with discounts you can't even get at the post office. Stamps.com brings you all the amazing services of the U.S. Post Office right to your computer. Whether you're a small office sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or even a warehouse sending thousands of packages today, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, just hand it over to your mail carrier or drop it in the mailbox. It's really that's simple. We love it here. With stamps.com, you get five cents off every first class stamp, but up to 40% off priority mail. It's a lot of savings. It's a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. Stamps.com is a no-brainer. Maybe the biggest no-brainer of all time. Saving you time and money. It's no wonder over 700,000 small businesses already use stamps.com. Right now, my listeners get a special offer. Includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Dan. Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, uh, homepage, and type in Dan. That's stamps.com. Enter Dan by clicking on the microphone at the top of the homepage. All right, let's go. So, getting right to it with the starting bell. Yep. So, yesterday we were talking about Devin Nunez and his just explosive, revelatory appearance on Sean Hannity's show on, it was a Tuesday night, mm-hmm. where he just had bombshell after bombshell after bombshell. I actually had to cut it up into five separate pieces, which we never do. We got through three of them. I have two more for you today. Each one contained in it is a just staggering amount of information. Uh, we, we, Joe, do you have the Nunes translator, though? We may yeah. need the Nunes translator activated before we start here. Hit the Nunes translator so we're ready to go. Initiating Nunes translator, Dan. All right. Mm. Good to go, brother. I never drink on camera. That it's not alcohol, folks. It's a little little green tea. Yeah, it's bad. I want it because this stuff is so important. I don't miss it. All right, here's Nunes on Sean Hannity. Pay specific attention again to his focus on Christopher Steele 
Christopher Steele, remember, is the FBI's alleged source. It's called the Steele dossier. It's not called the Simpson dossier. That is Mm-mm. important. That is an important detail. Yes, it is. Twas the night before Christmas. Twas the Steele dossier. <laughs> it's not called the Glenn Simpson dossier. <laughs> it's called the Steele dossier because Christopher Steele, as we hammer home in my sequel to Spygate, exonerated, coming soon. I need a trailer for it. Yes. Steele was a source the FBI had used before. They needed the information to come from Steele so they could tell a judge, we've used this guy before. He is, in fact, reliable. But that's not quite what Devin Nunes says in this cut from the Hannity appearance plan. There's a whole lot of things that don't make sense about this, but one thing that we do know now for sure because of this this revelation is is that the FBI did in fact know that that Christopher Steele was talking to people within the State Department. They knew that at least one big part of it, because supposedly the money was being funneled through this Russian consulate uh, in Miami, which doesn't even exist. So the FBI knew knew good and well that Steele had a lot of problems. And I'll and I'll say something else about the about about Steele. So you know, it's called the Steele dossier. It's really just Clinton opposition research. I think once we get to the bottom of this, what we're going to find is is that Steele had a very a small role in actually crafting this. And I'll go back to what I started with. These really were the perverted fantasies of Glenn Simpson working with the Clinton campaign to say, what can we draw up here that we can spread out lies to the American people, that we can feed into the FBI, and lo and behold, let's get an investigation going on the Trump campaign. That's really what happened here. My movie script theory comes true again. (laughs) Remember, as we discussed on yesterday's show, Glenn Simpson, 2007. Glenn Simpson runs Fusion GPS, hired by Hillary, gin up negative information on Trump. He already has negative information on Trump Simpson in the form of a movie script, an article he writes for the Wall Street Journal in 2007 that reads suspiciously like the dossier. Now, Trump is not in that 2007 Wall Street Journal article, but the same players are. Manafort, Deripaska, the exact same players involved in the dossier. Deripaska's not, but Manafort's the key player in there. Spices it up with some Carter Page, Papadopoulos, Trump stuff, <laughs> and all of a sudden you got the movie script, redear. Redear. <laughs> There's a couple of tidbits, juicy ones in this. Takeaway number one, I want to write them down, make sure I got him. He emphasizes again that Christopher Steele is talking to the State Department. Why is he making that point, Nunes? Because, ladies and gentlemen, if you read the FISA, in the FISA warrant, the FBI swears to 10 days after AFTER for liberals listening, AFTERRX for the Joe Biden followers listening, 10 days after Steele talks to the State Department, the FBI writes in the FISA, that Christopher Steele is only communicating with the client and the FBI. Who's the client, Joe? Fusion GPS and the DNC. So Steele, folks, the FBI knows Steele's talking to the State Department. Yet 10 days later, they swear in a document, he's only talking to the client and us. No mention of him communicating with the media, Steele. No mention of the State Department. 
We know because of that John Solomon piece in the Hill. We already know the State Department sends this information to the FBI. Do you understand they're lying? Guys, just take the L. Take the L. L. Take it. You Again, as I said on Monday, it's over. It is so over for you. The cabal at the top of DOJ, FBI, and the intel community that tried desperately to take down Trump. He got elected. It's finally, after two years of his presidency, started to gush her out. The dam is broken. Every day it looks worse and worse. Just come out and admit it. We spied on a presidential candidate. He won the presidency. As I said yesterday, we found out conclusively in January, although we knew in October our source was garbage, Steele. We just, I just told mm-hmm. you he was lying. Steele. Steele's talking to the State Department. He's telling the FBI he's not. Steele's lying about, I got another, about a, 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 a key critical details from the story. Cohen was in Prague eight days later. I don't know where Cohen was. You just said he was in Prague. They're running the operation. He tells Christopher Steele tells Kavalek at the State Department. They're running the operation out of the Russian consulate in Miami. Uh, hold on, Joe. Google search. Oh, yeah, there is no Russian consulate in Miami. Oh, ding, no. ding, ding. <laughs> was that a sound effect or was that no, you? No, that was me. That was me. <laughs> very nice. Thank you I very swear, much, I swear I thought Mr. that was Bongino. one of your crazy soundboard things. No. <laughs> There's no Russian consulate in Miami. There's no you, Russian consulate. Folks, they're called smartphones, computers. Russian consulate, Miami, a Google search. Dude, it does not exist. It's not hard to figure out. No. They know in October their source is crap. They know by January, as I told you on yesterday's show, because it's a kid, this is a key. I keep mixing that up. Kittical, key and critical. It's a critical detail <laughs> that in January, Comey's briefed by FBI senior management that interviewed these Russian sources that found that Christopher Steele was using and found out they were illegitimate lying. The story here is that the Bureau, just take the L, spied on a candidate, and then kept it going to spy on the President of the United States. I said that in such an anticlimactic way because it's not even news here. But if I, I mean, if I were to come out with that completely raw, Mm -hmm. you have no idea Spygate existed. Say you've just, this whole case, no, but there's no Russian collusion hoax, nothing. We just found out today, and I came on. Play this game with me for a minute. I don't mean to mess around with you folks. I don't want to waste your time, but I'm serious. Because these things are said in such an anticlimactic fashion because you and I and the listeners are so smiling. I mean it. I get your emails. You're the best audience out there. I get so many tips from you that this almost seems like, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, So the FBI was spying on the president and and Donald Trump when he was a candidate. (laughs) Think about it. (laughs) If you had no idea the Dems weren't pushing Russian collusion, they spied on him, but they let everything go. The irony of this whole case is was the Democrats pushing the Russian collusion hoax that led us all to come out and uncover it, uh, get through the layers of the onion, and find this out, Joe. Mm-hmm. The Democrats did this, not us. <laughs> we would have likely found out nothing if they just would have shut their mouths. But they wanted to impeach the president, so they lied, made up a collusion hoax to cover their tracks. Yeah. If I were to, if none of that happened, I just came out today and we're talking about immigration and taxes and all the other stuff. We addressed China earlier in the week. Wow. I said, ladies and gentlemen, I have a source that's telling me that the FBI spied on the Trump administration via FISA warrants into their administration. I swear, folks, I would be laughed off the air. (laughs) Keep in mind, none of the background facts change. What I'm telling you is true. I would be laughed off the air. Even I think some conservatives would be like, Bongino's lost it. 
Mm -hmm. And yet we called it the whole time. And because we did, and you were patient with me to lay the case out, we now say this, and it's almost completely anticlimactic. The biggest story of our generation. They spied on the president. Second takeaway, again, not to hammer this too much, but again, it is not Steele's dossier. Notice, Nunes says again, for the second time, this isn't a repeat of yesterday's cuts. This is the same interview, a later portion of the same interview where he says again, these are Glenn Simpson's fantasies, perverted fantasies, to quote him directly. Not Steele's. Wait, I thought it was the Steele dossier. No, no, the FBI needed you to believe and the FISA judge to believe it was the Steele dossier mm -hmm. because they'd used Steele before and that was their only verified source. The problem is he was giving them unverified BS. Folks, it never, I'm telling you, it never ends. It never ends with this case. All right, here's a follow-up to Devin Nunes. This is, his, this is the last cut from this. I'm sorry to, again, break it out over two shows, but these things all require a deep dive. It was a very informative interview, and Sean did a very good job. All right, pay close attention here again to some of the stuff he says here about this new John Solomon report where we now know, again, 10 days before the FBI swears to the first FISA in October of 2016, we know before they raise their right hand, the State Department has transmitted information to the FBI that their source is not reliable. We now know this because Solomon broke the story in the Hill that they have the emails, who they went to. They went to Christopher Ray's deputy now for counterintelligence, who at the time was obviously working for Comey. All right, play Nunez cut number five. This is interesting. Pay attention. The people behind that were building those FISA applications had to have known the problems with steel, okay? And now we know we actually have now evidence, right? We have a smoking gun because we have emails now, according to John Solomon's report. When you, when you move past that, for sure by the second, third, and fourth renewal of this FISA, I mean, that is but totally they knew in fraudulent. the first one. They were warned the, twice. Bruce Orr they, warned them, and the State Department official warned them. Believe me, they knew in the first one, yes. But, it's, but what's even worse is I think more people become contaminated when you look at the second, third, and fourth. This went on for a full year. Imagine that as an American citizen out there. Wow. The government right. was listening to your calls and reading your emails for a year. It's scary stuff. <clears throat> there he goes again. <laughs> Employ Nunes translator Dan. <laughs> it's, it's a good thing. By the way, you know what that. I love about that cut? Uh. That was, I was on that show right after Nunes yeah, on yeah, Hannity's show. Yeah. And in the corner, if you're watching on YouTube, it says, coming up next, Rivera and Bongino, where Geraldo <laughs> and I, in case you missed it, had it out over uh, Rashida Tlaib's uh, anti-Semitic comments. So <laughs> oh, I'm in the corner. Like, they're teasing me on my own <laughs> cut that I'm using on my show. Days after I was on the show, I'm using the show from, from Nunes. If that makes sense, six different ways from Sunday. It's kind of funny to watch. What does Nunes say there? He beautifully sums up his whole entire appearance on Hannity. He says, listen, it's bad enough now due to Solomon's reporting that the FBI in October, before their warrant, knew they had problems with their source. Their source wasn't verified. I can't hammer this home enough. Their source is leading them on a witch hunt. He's going all over the place. He's telling them Cohen was in Prague. I don't know if Cohen was in Prague. He's and the problem is it's not coming from him. The dossier is largely being written by Simpson and his people, right? But he says something else. And this is the point I cannot hammer home enough. That in January, Comey knows. Comey is briefed. 
on interviews with some of their sources. And Comey is fully aware that they have significant problems with their information. And what does Nunes go on to say? Imagine if it was you, basically like the president of the United States at this point, who's sworn in in January, knowing phone calls, emails were being monitored by basically your entire network of people that surround you. Folks, that's the coup de grace of this whole thing. I'm telling you, they knew the entire time that their sources were bogus. And God forbid that guy we talked about yesterday on the show, Surkoff, who's in, apparently wrote a book about propaganda efforts and abusing the media. God forbid the FBI fell fully prey to a Russian disinformation effort. Now, not to, again, not to tease stuff too much, but keep that in mind. Because I believe what they're hiding. Remember yesterday's show, Nunes says it's not just the dossier, the fake steel information, Simpson information that made it into the courts. There's another part of the mosaic, as Comey calls it. Brennan refers to it as the corpus of intelligence. McCabe refers to it as the articulable facts. Yes. There's another part they swore to in the courts that Nunes said during yesterday's show, as we told you, is really troubling. I think it's that Russian disinformation effort. I'm going to get to a little more of that later with a cut sent to me by 279, our buddy here. Trey Gowdy kind of hinting at the same thing. We'll get to that later. I got some other stuff to cover we didn't get to yesterday. Hey, today's show also brought to you by buddies at OpenFit. What is OpenFit? OpenFit takes all the complexity out of losing weight and getting fit. My wife and I love this. We're big fitness fanatics. Super easy. Your own time, your own schedule, customized programs. It's a brand new, super simple streaming service. Allows you to work out from the comfort of your living room in as little as 10 minutes a day. Everyone's bodies are different. You need bot workouts for you, not for some generic human being out there that doesn't exist. And OpenFit gets that, which is why they personalize your needs with custom-tailored original content. They have amazing trainers and classes. OpenFit classes are led by some of the most effective and engaging trainers in the world. Scope your body with Andrea Rogers, founder of the worldwide sensation Extend Bar. Or get in crazy good shape with Hunter McIntyre, named by Sports Illustrated as one of the top 50 fittest athletes. These trainers will get you results quick, stat, ASAP. Forget all the complexity and stress around getting fit and just press play and work out on your schedule, not someone else's. 600 seconds. This is a good one. With celebrity trainer Devin Wiggins packs the fat burning, muscle building, and body sculpting benefits of much longer sessions into a fraction of that time. Works out good for me and the family. We don't have a lot of time. Access anywhere, anytime on your computer, web-enabled TV, tablet, smartphone, and Roku. You can see results in just maybe 30 days or so. You lose 15 pounds, 30 days, flatten your abs, shape your body, look and feel great. You can see, you'll feel the results. OpenFit's changed the way my family works out with my code DANB. You can join me on a fitness journey personalized just for you. Again, use my code DANB. Start using OpenFit for your journey to a healthier life. Right now, during the OpenFit 30-Day Challenge, my listeners get a special extended 30-day free trial membership to OpenFit where you can lose up to 15 pounds in 30 days when you text DANB to 303030. That's 303030. Text Dan B to 303030. You'll get full access to OpenFit. All the workouts and nutrition information, totally free. Just text Dan B to 303030. Standard message and data rates apply. Okay? All right. Uh, let me just move on quick because I wanted to cover this yesterday, but I got so deep into this story, and uh, I think all of you are ready to, to finally uh, see this thing blow up. And I hope you're... In 
almost enjoying the fact that all of our work has come to fruition. I say ours, and I mean that because I've lived this story with you. Uh, neither Joe nor I nor Paula, the three principals involved in this show here, are under any illusion that we did this ourselves. Mm. My books, my work, my podcast has been, a lot of it's been our research, some of it's been yours, a lot of it's has been, uh, been tips and feedback from the show. You all are really wonderful. Um, but I, I'll get back to the story in a minute. I wanted to cover this history. It shows you how far left the Democrats have gone. Listen, when you're being called out by Chris Matthews at uh, MSDNC, <laughs> I know this. One. You got a problem. <laughs> yeah, Joe saw this cut, right? So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the Democrats have lost their minds. Uh, you have this 2020 election coming up, and I, I can't say this enough. The problem the Democrats are going to have versus Republicans, I don't want to wax philosophical, but it's important you understand sometimes we take the argument from ground level up 30,000 feet to understand the ideological fight we're fighting, right? The problem the Democrats have versus the Republicans in, in any election is always going to be as the Republicans move farther towards their causes, their causes involve more individual liberty for you. I'm talking about real Republicans. I'm, I'm not talking about fake rhinos. I'm talking about genuine conservatives, libertarians and liberty loving people. There is a limit to what they can do to you because they don't want to do things to you. I don't mean that in some weirdo way. Joe, I need you as the ombudsman. Nah, I'm, this I'm, is a very I'm important you point. Yeah, you're good. Go ahead. If you are a conservative or a genuine libertarian running for office and mm -hmm. a, or a good Republican, the bedrock of your principles is making the individual strong. Right. And making the government only a necessary evil. Government only gets involved where the individual at some point would fail by himself. In mm -hmm. other words, we agree on collective measures, government things on the military and things like that. Because there are certain situations where, you know, the individual, we don't have Superman and the Justice League. We need a national defense force that def that that requires taxation and some collective input. Mm -hmm. People, soldiers, money, equipment, ideas. The same thing with a court system. We don't have a private court system because the incentives are all wrong. How are you going to pay the judges? By how many people they send to the, 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 the electric chair? It's kind of an inefficient system, though. So we have a system where we all agree we're going to give up some individual liberty, our money, our money to the government that's going to finance a court system, and we're all going to forfeit a little bit of our liberty, a little bit, to finance our military and our court system, and we're all going to agree to follow those rules even if we don't like them. All right. But follow me here. There is a limiting factor to conservatism. Mm -hmm. That limiting factor is zero. In other words, if I'm, if I'm fighting for economic liberty, a central liberty, a central bedrock of conservative values, the least amount of money I can take for you is zero. Mm. I will say, we want none of your money. We believe in no government at all. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm using that hyperbolic example. Never, no one's running on that platform. But to say there's a floor to it. There's a floor. The mm -hmm. floor is, wow, I'm really free. I keep all my money and I don't have to pay for all this stuff. Not saying it's going to end well. Not having a military or not having any government at all. I'm not an anarchist. I believe the Constitution established, you know, post roads and a military for a reason. We do have some central governing features we need. But understand my point. Mm -hmm. There is a floor to it. You can do whatever you want. Keep your money. Do your thing. We will not get involved in your life at all. The problem with the left moving lefter farther to the left mm -hmm. is there's no ceiling to their depravity 
when they start moving in this direction. I'm going to play this cut in a second. It's Chris Matthews calling out a Republican congresswoman who wants to have the Treasury Secretary jailed because she won't produce the because he won't produce the president's tax returns. This is real. I'm not making this up. She wants to put him in jail. <laughs> jail. <laughs> now, getting back to my 30,000 foot view, yes. when you're a leftist, when you're on the right, your goal ultimately is empowered individuals and a disempowered government, uh, you know, with the exception of certain circumstances. With the left, your goal is maximum government power everywhere. There's no limit. I want maximum taxation, no school choice, full control over the education system, full control over the health care system, full control over social media. Full control over remote controls, full control over green tea, full control over vitamin B12, full control over nail clippers, full control over remote controls and cameras, full control over pictures of Dan Bongino and his daughter, full control over Dan Bongino and his wife. Full control. What else do we have? Joe, sing for me, babe. Full, full control. control. He's got the full Apple control. When the stuff on his desk, that. he's got full control. He's behind the mic, has got full control. And unlike his producers, got no full control. Yes. I, I, no, what? We got full control. <laughs> Paul is out there screaming, no, no, no. Full do control over that, the pen market. <laughs> no, I love that. It was great. That was. Like, I've never heard Joe. you. I've heard you do the rock and roll. I've never heard you like lay down some rap lyrics before. That was tight. <laughs> Like up there with Snoop Dogg. This is, they want full control over everything. Yeah. Everything. All the time. And when they don't get full control, what happens? Well, Joe, if you don't get full control over people's money and stuff, then you say, I want a 70% tax rate. I want an 80% tax rate. I want a 90% tax rate. I want all of it. And then what happens when people give you the double barrel middle finger and say, we don't want to give you any more money. Put them in jail, babe. There it is. Paul, we got those handcuffs. There we go. People in the audience are like, wait, what? Yes. I don't mean it like that. I was a cop. I have handcuffs from when I was a cop, and I have them inside in my little, like, safe area thing. All right. (laughs) Paul, do we have the handcuffs? (laughs) Get that one on tape, Media Matters. I was was going, what's he saying? (laughs) 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 It really was. Shows off the rails Dude. today. No, I have like flexi cuffs and eggs from my old days in the Secret Service. <laughs> they, they want to put you in cuffs. They want to put you in handcuffs. Do you understand there's no ceiling? None. Right. There is the full control of your entire life and the various spheres of your life you live. Economic, your healthcare liberty, education liberty, your ability to control the products you own, your business. They want all of it. Very hands-on. I warned you repeatedly. Yeah. Ve- oh, my, as hands-on. <laughs> this is really, uh, now first of all, this is really off the rails. Sorry. It will never, ever stop. Now, you know it gets bad. That was like the longest setup ever, but it's important. We have to understand the ideological fights. Here's Chris Matthews, who is a lunatic leftist liberal, realizing <laughs> now that they're going down a dangerous path. Watch him call this lady out. This is great. Can you imagine the sergeant arms from the U.S. House of Representatives going to the Treasury Department, demanding entrance into the Treasury building right next to the White House, demanding be able to arrest the secretary of the Treasury because he's not complying with this subpoena and then dragging him up to some cell on Capitol Hill and putting him in there until such time as it's decided how to proceed. Now, I don't think that's going to happen, nor will it be a fine exacted against the secretary of the Treasury. All these remedies that are somewhere in the pocket of the Constitution, somewhere in the statute book, how are you going to make them work? 
Well, Chris, they're there for a reason. Now, they haven't been used since the 1930s, but we do have that authority. And I don't think you should dismiss so uh, cavalierly that... Well, how do you do it, though? Well, no, I think you, I think we can call him to the House floor where he can be tried. He can be fined. Uh, I don't know that we would put him, uh, in behind bars, but there are places, uh, in the Capitol where someone could be held. I mean, this is so clear in the Constitution. This is so Venezuela. That- this is great. <laughs> this is so Venezuela, no. Congressman. It's well, not- so Venezuela. This like something down there. <laughs> Hat tip, yeah. Caleb Hall. Hat tip to Caleb Hall on Twitter. That's what I got that from. Got to give appropriate credit. I yes. think he's at Caleb Hall with a, with a C. He put that together. Do you see even the liberals on the panel <laughs> looking at each other like, is this? Folks, that's a real segment. We did not cut that in any kind of funny way. That is an actual Democrat <laughs> congresswoman in Palm Springs, California with Chris Matthews. <laughs> it's not even funny this is said like we're laughing about tyranny because if i don't laugh i'll cry on the show and i don't want to make you i don't want to give you the sads Mm -hmm. on a thursday this is joe was joe and i were laughing during that i have it on the audio file right here (laughs) that is a democrat congresswoman suggesting that they bring the treasury secretary She's like, and we'll bring them up to the Capitol. Like they're doing like a police. Keep in mind. mind. Like, you know, when I was a federal agent, NYPD guy, these are tough men and women. I I mean, seriously, the toughest people I ever worked with were cops and feds. They are. They're scrapping every day. The New York City cops Mm -hmm. are arresting someone 20, 30 pounds heavier than them every day. They are tough, tough people. Don't be confused by, you know, you see a cop here and there. You're like, oh, that guy may not be that in much shape. Listen, trust me. You don't want to mess with him. They've got like farm boy, farm girl strength. They get into <laughs> tussles all the time. They know what Can you imagine this class of pencil neck Congress people? They're baiting them to the floor like it's a. And then they're down. They get out like their water pistols. They're like, Secretary Mnuchin, down. Get down on the floor. And then, and then I get to Adam Schiff. Pencil neck comes out. Wait, he tries to put the knee on the back, and Mnuchin and Schiff are rolling around. And then Swalwell. Mr. Treasury Secretary, if you don't stop, I'm going to tell you to stop again. Show us your hand. Can you imagine these pencil necks? This is the funniest thing. This lady, we're going to throw them in the cell in the basement. of the. That's a great idea. You go with that. You go. Even the panelists are laughing. Like, is this, this these are the idiots running the country. These lunatics are running the country. This is a congresswoman from the biggest state in the country, California, who is suggesting we... (laughs) You know what? We got to forget the whole show. We shouldn't even do the rest of the show. I can't even... I'm serious. I'm like, I I love this country to death. And these are the idiots running the country? The congresswoman. Can you imagine, Joe? Swalwell. And then Jerry Nadler. The guy would have a heart attack. (laughs) Jerry Nadler can barely get out of his chair. This guy... I told you, don't police. Don't... I mean... (laughs) Congress, don't move. I mean, whatever. But stay on the floor, Mnuchin, right now. I mean, can you imagine? And then they're grappling on the floor. And then Mnuchin gets them in like a triangle choke. And Schiff comes in and starts dropping like the Hulk Hogan. Remember when Hulk Hogan, the big leg? Hulk Hogan used to drop the big leg. Schiff comes up, drops the big leg. Schiff. Can you imagine it? And then I can see it. Swalwell comes in like in Rocky three when Rocky's re- wrestling a Thunderlips in a ring, and he gets him in that. Tr- and Mnuchin's trying to get him off. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have the toughest audience. You all are, I get emails from Border oh. Patrol, truckers, welders, union workers, assembly line workers, engineers who are out there every day building buildings in the hottest and cold. People who are genuinely tough. tough uh, teachers, yeah. Uh, yeah, female teacher emails me, teachers in one of the roughest school districts around. You all are tough. These people aren't. This is embarrassing stupidity. Oh, my gosh. But on a serious note, I know we were joking around. I kind of extended that segment a little longer than I probably should have. A but little laughter was, feels good, though. I got to tell you. A little laughter sometimes once in a while. Yeah. But on a very serious note, folks, be wary of these people. You know, Chris Matthews may be laughing now, and the panelists may be laughing at this ridiculous congresswoman. But what Chris Matthews said is very serious. That sounds very Venezuela, Congresswoman. People, a few people probably laughed at Chavez too before he took power. Now you got children of God, our Venezuelan brothers and sisters. They're human beings. Every human life has value. That are eating out of garbage trucks in Venezuela. Children starving. Adults losing 20, 25 pounds of their own body weight because they can't eat. Hospitals drying up. Diabetics in hospitals being given carbs because they don't even have, they have nothing to keep them alive without insulin. People are dying. It's not, you know, we, again, we could joke around about how dumb this was and that Matthews was laughing at her, mm -hmm. but this is real. And in the end, it's up to you in 2020 to show up and vote and to make sure people like this are never given power. Very, very dangerous people, folks. All right, uh, moving on. I got a lot of stuff to get through today. So today's show also brought to you by buddies at iTarget. Listen, the iTarget Pro is the best system out there for improving your accuracy with a firearm. If you are a firearm owner, there are two things that matter more than anything. Safety, 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 and you have to be accurate. You can't own a firearm if you don't know how to operate. It just doesn't make any sense. Now, there are a lot of ways to do that. You can go to the range, and I highly recommend you do, and you can fire your weapon and practice with it. Practice your grip, your sight alignment, your sight control. That works out great. The problem with that is sometimes the range can get expensive. Sometimes you don't live near a range and it takes time. So between your trips to the range, what's the best way to improve your accuracy with a firearm? The iTarget Pro system. Can't recommend it highly enough. I've recommended this product to family members. They use it. They love it. What is it? The iTarget Pro system is a laser round they will send you. You safely unload the weapon you have now. Nine millimeter firearm, a uh, 38, whatever it may be. You safely unload it. You check it. You check it twice. You check it three times. They will send you a laser round. It's inert. It only emits a laser. You will insert it in the firearm you have now. Always, of course, always point in a safe direction. They will send you a target as well. And when you, when you press the trigger on your firearm with that laser round inserted, it'll emit a laser onto the target they send you. It's like dry firing because, again, it's inert. It only emits a laser. You will see where those rounds would have gone. Because it'll show up, it works in conjunction with a phone app. It essentially makes like a video game type thing out of the firearm you have now, which allows you to practice, practice your accuracy, which is important. God forbid you're in a life-saving situation. God forbid where you have to use your firearm. Safety and accuracy matter. Being a responsible gun owner, fire, get that safety, get that accuracy down. Go check it out. You will love this system. Go to itargetpro.com. That's the letter I itargetpro.com. Use promo code Dan. You'll save 10% on the price. itargetpro.com slash Dan. Use promo, uh, excuse me, itargetpro.com. Use promo code Dan and save 10%. Ladies and gentlemen, if you own a firearm, 
This system is absolutely invaluable. I can tell you just in a week, even after 20 years of firing a weapon in the NYPD and the Secret Service, that this system upped my accuracy dramatically. You'll be knocking the wings off a fruit fly when you're done with this. itargetpro.com, promo code DAN to save 10%. Go check it out. Okay, moving on. Um, I've seen a noticeable change in tactics with the Democrats lately, and I want to be sure we can intercept them before we allow a narrative to take hold. So we first we started with the Nunez. We talked about Chris Matthews and the Democrats' dangerous lurch to the left. Um, this is important. I've heard this a lot lately. The Democrats are starting to put this line out there now that, well, listen, all of this stuff may have happened with Spygate and with the Clinton email stuff. Uh, but really, when you look at it, Joe, it was a lot of screw-ups by a lot of people. And ultimately, it hurt Hillary because the investigation into Hillary Clinton's emails leaked before the uh, before the election. But the investigation into Trump was kept quiet. Understand where I'm going with this, please. Yeah. Soon they're going to take the L, the media and everyone else. They're going to acknowledge spying. They have to. The history is, is uh, judges with clear eyes, right? The narrative they're going to, and I've been predicted these narratives, right? I told you it was going to move from collusion to obstruction. We called that. It's going to move sooner or later. Okay, well, the FBI just messed up a lot of stuff. This is going to be their new story. Mm. They messed up on Hillary. They messed up on Trump. But in reality, when you think about it, Joe, they leaked Hillary's investigation before the election, but they didn't leak Trump's investigation. So in the end, this FBI did screw up, but they hurt Hillary worse, and therefore Trump's not a, a legitimate president. You dig? All right. Sorry, got some of my head. You follow what I'm saying there? Yeah. yeah, They're going to say, okay, the FBI screwed up. We get it. Spying, all that stuff. But you heard Hillary, not Trump, because the investigation into Trump was Mm -hmm. not leaked. But Hillary, it was. Therefore, it impacted the election. No, no, no. No, 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 no. That is not what happened. The invest... I don't know. Listen, I I almost... The only way to put this out there is to be anticlimactic. Just put up the screen for the New York. There's There's no other way to set this up. The New York Times and a New York and a New York magazine did get leaks about the Trump investigation. Notice the date on this piece from the New Yorker, the Intelligencer. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. There's no intelligence involved in this. Today in Donald Trump, it's titled November 1st, 2016. November 1st, 2016. Joe, is that before election day? Yes, it is. Dan. Yes, it is, yes, it is before election day. November 1st, 2016. Mm-hmm. Final October surprises reveal FBI is probing Trump's alleged Russia ties by Margaret Hortman. Um, what? Keep in mind, I've already covered the fact that the New York Times released that there was an investigation into Trump before the election, too. But tell me again how people aren't leaking, whether in the FBI or the Central Intelligence Agency or some anti-Trump faction to the media. Tell me again how the FBI was trying to help Trump by not leaking the investigation. I just showed you the headline. I just read it to you on the show. You, how, how can you miss that? It's just a nonsense point. But we have to get out ahead of stuff. I'm telling you it's going to happen. Hmm. Mark my words. It's going to be, well, the FBI just screwed up a lot of things, but they heard Hillary because of leaks, but they didn't leak on Trump. No, they did. Sorry. My bad, so sad. It's right there. My gosh. I mean, we, we're all ashamed we have to do this research for the liberal media that claims to be media at all. <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, I was sent this by a listener. It's very good. It's kind of a little bit blast from the past. Just going back quickly to Comey. 
Remember what I told you yesterday's show, Comey and Brennan are going to turn on each other and it's going to get worse? Mm. Brennan's going to say, hey, I gave the information to Comey and I don't know, the FBI screwed it up. They couldn't verify it. I didn't tell him to get a FISA warrant. Comey's going to turn around and say about Brennan, well, he gave us the information and they seem to be insinuating it was from a different source. They would have told mm. us it's from Steele. We would have known it was the same BS we were getting. They're going to flip on each other. Now, hat tip to the viewer who sent this in. You know who you are. This is a short snippet of Comey's appearance with Brett Baer when he had his book coming out. Where notice when Comey starts talking about the dossier and steals information, how he's so shady about where he got it. Because at this point, he doesn't know if he's going to have to sell out Brennan yet. You know what I'm saying? He still Uh, thinks uh. Brennan's going to keep quiet and they're going to get out of this. That's why he wrote a book and tried to make a lot of money. But watch Comey try to uh, snivel his way through this thing. This is classic. When did you personally learn about the memos in the dossier? Sometime in the fall. I don't remember exactly when. You're talking fall of... Fall, sorry, fall of 16. Right. So who told you about them? I don't remember. Someone on my senior staff. Do you remember how they were described? I remember they briefed me about it, explained that it came from a reliable source, former Allied intelligence officer. I remember being given a copy of it. I don't know whether it was September, October, sometime in that period of time. When did you learn that the DNC and Hillary Clinton campaign had funded Christopher Steele's work? Yeah, I still don't know that for a fact. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. So now we know, we now know, let's start with the last one first. He doesn't know that Hillary and the DNC funded this. Ladies and gentlemen, Solomon's Peace in the Hill clearly lays out the fact that Kathleen Kavalek from the State Department, before the first FISA, emailed the FBI coverage of her interview with Steele where he tells them he's working for the DNC and Hillary. Again, this is like the anticlimactic of anticlimactic. We didn't know it was from Hillary. The State Department emailed you. Steele was working for Hillary. Oh, other kids did it. (laughs) It's again, it's the Beavis and Butthead defense. (laughs) It was like other kids. That's all you've got? Mm. He says again, Brad asked him, where'd you get it? He goes, we got it from an allied uh, intelligence officer, Christopher Steele. Remember that. That's who he's referring to. Comey says, we got it from, basically, we got it from Steele. That's who he's referring to. Mm-hmm. But then Brett asked him before that, well, when did you get it? He looks up because he knows when he got it. This guy's so full of it. He goes, well, I got it in the fall of, of 2016. The fall? Wow, that's really funny, Jim. Because Christopher Steele met with one of your FBI agents, the Legat, in Rome, I believe. He met with them in London with Christopher Steele. They flew to London to meet with Steele in mid-July. Mid-July. Joe, I'm just checking. Again, I know we've all been out of school a while. You and I are not so Mm -hmm. frosty, Mm -hmm. pun intended, on the seasons, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm in Florida. You're in Maryland. Yeah. The seasons are the same, although the temperatures are a little different. Yes. I need some verification on this as the audience on Buzzman. Yes, Is July in the fall? Just checking. Throwing that out there. Well, it's toughy, Dan. Uh, No, I'd say it's not in the fall. It's not. Okay. you, yeah. Joe Armacost, audience ombudsman. July is officially... Paula, is July in the fall? Thank you. Ah, Thank you, Paula. I'm back. We up. have a quality sound engineer and a genius web developer both confirming go. July is not a fall. I don't need to Google it for you on the show. Why is he saying that? He's saying that because they got the information from Steele. They received it 
in early July as he meets with a senior FBI agent in London. He meets with him to give him tidbits of information that appear in the FISA warrant that they told you only became came about because of an investigation they started because of Papadopoulos, not the dossier. Follow mm. me here a second. Mm-hmm. Comey's story from day one, to separate himself from Steele. They don't want anybody knowing they started this investigation because they paid DNC hack, told them to, and his, Chris, and his Glenn Simpson, a Wall Street Journal media guy. They don't want anybody believing that. How would that sound? FBI starts investigation because Hillary Oppo research tra- researcher told them to. Doesn't sound good. <laughs> Not good. So they want you desperately to believe that Papadopoulos started this thing. The Papadopoulos tipped the downer. The problem is that case wasn't open until July 30th. So if that's what starts this thing, how the heck in early July is the FBI meeting with Christopher Steele if that's not what started the case? Now do you see why Comey's like, um, I got the information in the fall. No, Jim, you didn't. <laughs> you did not. Uh, Jim. You're lying. Jim, Jim, Jim. It's <laughs> official. You suck. <laughs> this guy just cannot stop lying. Jim, Jim, Jim. But at this point, he doesn't want to give up Brennan either, any of that information. So again, he's like, ah, oh, you know, when, when, do you remember where the dossier came from? Oh, I don't remember. Good uh, good call by the viewer. All right, I got one more yeah. on this. I'm going to let you go. Um, this is good. I got two more quick stories, but this one on Gowdy is good. Don't go anywhere. Uh, this Gowdy hit, hat tip to 279, where Gowdy kind of hints to something that I told you is going to be a big deal, part two of this story, right? Today's sp- final sponsor, Vincero Watches. Look at that one. That's sharp. You like that oh, one? That's check nice, that yeah. out. Little Vincero, babe. Yeah, check that out. Yeah. Quality wristwatch is one of those small things every guy. I'm going to get you one of these, Joe. I, I have another one here. Oh, cool. They were kind enough to send me a couple. Uh, right. I'm get, these are super nice. Yeah. When you've got on a nice watch, it changes the way you carry yourself. Paul, yeah. you got that picture of you with your Vincero? Look at that. Wow. Very nice. Yes. Look at that woman. I can't take Can my I do eyes that? off and the watch. Me too? I know. It's, <laughs> I, I, listen, I'm looking at uh, the watch ain't bad either. Oh, there's a watch in that picture? When <laughs> It's a great looking watch. Um, I love my wife. She's great. I asked her to take a picture because no one looks better than her, even with that watch on. Go check it out. Hey, when you got a nice watch, it changes the way you carry yourself and therefore the way people look at you. We're partnering or partnering with Vincero so you can get a watch that makes you stand taller and feel more confident than ever. Exclusively for our listeners, Vincero is offering an extra 15% off their already affordable watches. Hey, true story. I went up to a family event. My wife can confirm, and I had this watch on. And my brother is like a real watch guy, likes very expensive watches. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I, I kind of covered it up a little bit. I'm like, how much do you think this watch costs? He gave me a five-figure number. I'm like, um, you're off by quite a bit. <laughs> these are beautiful, elegant watches for nowhere near the cost of these overpriced, ridiculous brands, right? Go to VinceroWatches.com forward slash Bongino. Use code Bongino to save an extra 15% off. That's V-I-N-C-E-R-O Watches.com forward slash Bongino and use code Bongino for 15% off. This is our first time working with Vincero and the guys were nice enough to send me two of theirs. I just showed them to you. They're beautiful pieces. I'm going to get one to Joe. Vincero claims to be the best value in their industry and I agree. The watches mm. are sharp. The weight to them, the quality, the band, the leather. You're not going to find a better made watch for this good of a price anywhere. If you don't believe me, just head to Vincero's website and read one of their over 15,000 five-star reviews. You saw what I'm watching. Go to Vincero. Where, where, this is it. 
I'm wearing this is a beautiful watch. You'll see it. If you see me out in the road, you'll see me with it. Go to VinceroWatches.com forward slash Bongino. See my picks. Don't forget to use promo code Bongino for 15% off. That's VinceroWatches.com forward slash Bongino. Use code Bongino for 15% off. Beauties. We love them. Okay. Uh, thanks, Dan. This video is of Trey Gowdy, and I want you to pay close attention to it. Um, again, hat tip to 279 for this. He sends it over, and he says to me when we were chatting about it, he's like, listen, man, don't you find it odd that both Gowdy and Nunes, who have seen all the classified information, are talking about this information in the FISA that's so stunning? We haven't seen it yet. It's redacted. But it's so, so stunning, Joe, and astonishing that it's opened the eyes of even hardened insiders. And he says it's so unbelievable that only a few people have seen it in its unclassified nature. He describes, this is Bill Hemmer and Sandra Smith asking him, and listen to his description of this information. It's going to blow your mind. Check it out. So why would that be? Is it a general lack of curiosity or is it something else? I think it's incredibly classified. I mean, I think it is classified at the highest levels. Um, I mean, stop and think. Michael Horowitz couldn't access it. He's the inspector general who wrote the definitive accounting of the Clinton email investigation, but even he couldn't access this information. It's held in the possession of, of a really small, discreet number of people, but Chris Ray is on that list. I personally think that information is going to inform my fellow citizens that the Russian threat was far more than just a threat against the Democrats. It was a threat to our republic. So for that reason, for a unifying reason, I think the information to the extent it can be, should be released without jeopardizing relationships with allies. Whoa. There's a lot there. Oh, boy. That tip Bill Hemmer, by the way, because that clip's a lot longer than that. But Gowdy kind of hints about that, and then Hemmer almost like cuts him off. He's like, wait, wait, wait. You're talking about this tranche of information, just to be clear. What is it about this that's so damaging? And Gowdy gives that answer you just heard right there. You can rewind it if you need to hear it again. But he says two astonishing things there. He says, even the inspector general looking at the FISA abuse, Michael Horowitz, was not read in enough to be able to view what was in there. That a small group of people, including the FBI director, have seen what it is. Now, as Joe likes to kind of mess around with me, is this the mosaic? Mm. Is this the corpus of intelligence Brennan referred to? The mosaic Comey refers to? The articulable facts Andy McCabe, former deputy director, refers to. Remember, when Comey and all of them were asked about the dossier, McCabe insisted they wouldn't have the FISA warrant without the dossier. But everyone, McCabe, Comey, Brennan, even Nunes, who said, if you watched yesterday's show, that there's more there than just the dossier, is insisting that there is this golden file of information out there that is going to pierce the skulls of average Americans and be, and they're going to be like, wait, what? Hmm. And Gowdy's suggesting it's time we saw it. But he says something at the end. Yes, he it? does. Oh, sure did. He says, but it may damage our relationship with allies. Yes, I did. Ladies and gentlemen, let me employ, in this case, the Gowdy translator. Because Gowdy, like Nunes, can only say so much. He's read classified information. Unlike people in the Bureau that leaked, he's not going to get himself in criminal trouble by leaking classified information. What I'm reasonably confident he's suggesting here is along the lines of yesterday's show and the Golden File show we did months ago when I was over in Vietnam, 
Not Dick Blumenthal, Vietnam. I wasn't fighting. I was over there with Fox. I want to be clear on that. Gosh, I mean, that carries connotations. I'm, I'm not willing to, you know, Dick Blumenthal. I fought in Vietnam. No, you didn't. I lost an uncle in Vietnam, you, you, you stolen valor goof. Um, but when I was over in Vietnam with Fox, I did this Golden File show. This is the Golden File we all need to get our hands on. What do I think it is? Ladies and gentlemen, I think it's obvious now that when Gowdy says the Russians attacked our democracy, not just the Democrats, I don't think he's lying. I don't think he's making that up, and I don't think he's being dramatic. I believe the Russians knew very early that Christopher Steele could be compromised. How would they know that? I have no doubt that the Russians or some foreign power aligned with the Russians or some entity involved with the Russians likely got a hold of the DNC emails, Joe. When they get a hold of those DNC emails, it's obvious that the DNC is working with Christopher Steele. How do we know? Because Christopher Steele told the State Department woman he was working with the DNC. It's not a mystery. The Russians knew this. They knew Christopher Steele is working with the Democrats who are running a candidate for president. The Russians' goal as our geopolitical foe is to cause domestic madness whenever they can. That's what they do. That's what they've always done. None of this is new. What do they do, Joe? They start co-opting sources around Christopher Steele that can get to Steele that no steel. You start seeing these Russian names, Surkov, Deripaska. You have the Belarusian, Milion. Mm-hmm. All of these people who have connections, who are either Russian or connected to Russians, start mysteriously feeding information to Christopher Steele. Why would that be, folks? Because the Russians know they have a conduit right into the U.S. election because the guy they're feeding the information to is working for the DNC and Hillary Clinton. Even worse, what I think Gowdy may be alluding to there is we already know foreign intelligence operations were sending intel about the Trump team to the United States. We know that. This is not in dispute. CNN, The Guardian have already already reported on the United Kingdom and other foreign intelligence enterprises spying on the Trump team for the Obama administration. They put that's already out there. It's not my, don't take my word for it. Read their stuff. We've mm-hmm. put the headlines up on the screen a million times. CNN's never retracted those pieces. Ladies and gentlemen, how bad would it be if the Russians didn't only manage to co-opt our political process by pipelining information into the DNC, the State Department, the FBI through Christopher Steele, whether Steele was witting or unwitting is irrelevant. The Russians engaged in a disinformation campaign using compliant Democrats and an FBI management structure and State Department people who were either sucking it up willingly or were too stupid to figure it out. That's bad enough. Mm -hmm. But what if they wittingly or unwittingly co-opted foreign intelligence people, either retired or working, who were giving information to trusted partners in the United States, like the states like Brennan's CIA. And again, they're not vetting that information to make sure it's accurate. And they're pipelining it to the FBI to attack their political opponents. 
Maybe that information's classified, folks, because it's going to embarrass the living Hades out of foreign intel people that got suckered, domestic bureaucrats that got suckered, domestic law enforcement that got suckered, domestic intel people that got suckered. And when I say suckered, I don't mean this as giving them a pass. They wanted this stuff. They sought it out. But they were too stupid to figure out that the information they sought out may have been an effort by the Russians to play them. Folks, whenever we find out what's in this golden file of information, gosh, it's going to be ugly. Really ugly. Now, one last story for the day. That's critical. That's coming soon. So Politico ran a story yesterday that's just fascinating. In case any of you believe, by the way, still, I doubt it if you're listening to this show, but occasionally we get someone who emails me convinced that they read somewhere on Twitter that Mueller's a white hat, he's a good guy, and Mueller was helping, uh, whatever. Um, again, I'm not here to rip on anybody. Do your own thing. Mueller's a bad guy. His investigation from the start was full of bad guys. There's been a FOIA issue now by Citizens United and Judicial Watch and other groups for the calendars of Mueller people. Mm. There were calendars. We now have some of that information. There's a fascinating tidbit from this article in Politico that I, uh, I discovered yesterday. Here's the article. It's by Josh Gerstein. A look inside Mueller's office. Moot courts, job interviews, job interviews, and potluck parties. The Weissman calendar entries show a mix of the mundane with the legally complex. Bob Mueller's running the special counsel, folks. His first hire is Andrew Weissman, a Department of Justice attorney with an atrocious record, hated by just about everyone who works with him, a disgraced figure, Andy Weissman. He's his first hire, a Hillary supporter, and a guy who's already been briefed that the dossier is garbage by Bruce Orr. He knows this. So his first hire, Mueller, is Weissman, who already knows the collusion case is garbage. Why? Because he wants to make sure Mueller and his crew that they can cover up the garbage and make sure the FBI comes out of this looking good so they can justify the dossier and continue to charge Trump with things like obstruction. Who does Mueller farm out the hiring of the rest of the Mueller team too early? Put up that piece from Politico. This is unbelievable. The early records show Weissman conducting interviews with some of the prosecutors who later joined the squad. The names of individuals who did not join appear to have been redacted on privacy grounds. Judicial Watch, great group by Tom Fitton, said the interviews showed Mueller had outsourced hiring for the office to Weissman. They noted that most of the hires had donated to Trump's uh, 2016 opponent, Hillary Clinton, or other Democrats. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mueller hires a guy he knows, who knows the story's junk, who knows the source for the story, Steele, is junk. He knows the dossier is junk. He knows collusion is a hoax. He knows Weissman will invent a unique theory of obstruction to keep investigating Trump, although he knows it's a hoax. And then he farms out all the hiring of the team to Weissman to make sure they bring on established Democrats that Weissman knows, because Mueller may not know them. Mueller's a Republican, but Mueller hates Trump. So he gives it to Weissman, who brings on a bunch of Clintonistas, including people who acted as outside counsel for the Clinton Foundation and literally the guy involved in the destruction of blackberries for the Clintons when they were hiding evidence. Unbelievable. Yeah, Mueller was a good guy. Sure, you, you keep going with that. 
Oh, all right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I appreciate your patience today. It was uh, we, I, we had to get through these two shows. They were super important for the background on the case. I hope uh, you can spread these and share these around. Yesterday's show and today's show is a pretty good two-hour library destroying the whole background of this entire case. You leave these two shows. Listen to them twice. Listen to them twice, three times if you have to. You will be fully briefed in on why this case was total garbage. I appreciate your time. Please subscribe to us, youtube.com slash Bongino. It's free on Apple Podcasts, iHeart, SoundCloud. It's all free. The subscriptions help us move up the charts. Thanks a lot. I'll see you all on Friday. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.